Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Slim Cogcast. It is I, Slim Cognito, and man, I gotta put y'all on what the past we've been doing because there's been a lot of things happening from the Nicktoon Smash, um, the Final Smash reveal of Sora, so Sora, who, who's Sora? And um, aside from Sora, there's been a lot of news about upcoming games as well. And let's not forget that uh, Metroid Dread released two days ago. And I'm super hyped about that. I'm very happy for everybody that's able to play it. And uh, I'll just avoid spoilers for right now because uh, I would love to play it for myself. Now, first things first, though, um, we're gonna be we're gonna start some new goals over on the Twitch channel. Uh, first goal will be a new chair for my ass. Okay, I am in pain when I sit for hours on end streaming. I had to admit it. Okay, it's really bad, um, and I've, I've noticed that I've become more achy and more tired lately when I sit up and stream to the point where it's almost impossible to correct sleeping habits uh, because I find out that most of my times wanting to lie down and sleep is when I want my parts of me to heal. <laughs> so, um, yeah that's gonna be one of the first goals we go for and i'm thinking of something that's not too expensive but you know reasonable and so it won't be cheap and will support me um i've looked into some of the best chairs that are affordable um but um some of them are still like under the the weight capacity that is proven to be for that product is a bit under what we need and the ones that i found that can provide my uh, weight limit with ease are about almost twice the price. And uh, I don't really wanna like go too steep, so we might have to get something that's middle of the road that'll last us for at least a good, you know, year or two, if not more, until we can, you know, get to that point. So I'm pretty sure um, a 250 weight limit ain't gonna kill, you know? I'm, I'm pretty sure we should be fine around there. But, um, yeah if there are any recommendations though i'm very open to them i would love to have them um also don't forget that we do have a discord if you want to find the link to the discord um i'm sure i have it listed on it's it's all over my twitch uh you can, it's even on my twitch page the main page uh, it should be everywhere available um if i can remember i'll put it in the description down below of this video but with all that being said how about i go ahead and add it now so yeah thank god for macros um so yeah what we've been playing this week though first before i get into that man let me tell y'all what i've been watching son because i done got caught up on marvel what if and when i tell you that that shit is good i think i don't know if it's finished or if it's concluded or what but bruh I was like, it, they had me at the first half, you know, I was enjoying it. It was a nice, nice, decent watch, you know, with Agent Carter and whatnot and 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 and, and T'Challa being Star-Lord and all of that was nice. But then it just turned up to 11. Bruh, they incorporated one of my favorite Marvel spinoff comics, which is Marvel Zombies. I believe I told y'all about this before. Now, if you don't know about Marvel Zombies, Marvel Zombies is basically... What if a zombie virus infected the Marvel Universe and it was able to infect our heroes? 
And the the point of that that made it so dangerous and metal to me is that what the fuck you gonna do against a zombified Captain America? What you gonna do against that? How would you defeat that? What what what? No, you can't. And and just imagine zombified Scarlet Witch, you know. And they explored that a little bit in the show, and I like that idea because they did it in a fashion where what if this happened in this you know saying off timeline but in the mcu uh, alternate timeline you know what i mean and it's so it's it was done so well i appreciate it so well you know because i always wonder like what if we actually got uh live action marvel zombies you know but you know would they be willing to do that i don't know maybe not maybe you know who knows but I, I did like this though. I did like this, and if they're willing to do a live action, I'd sign. I'd, I'd sign on for it. It'd be dope. It'd be kind of cool. But anyway, the thing they did um, that I appreciated most, um, and I'm gonna be talking about this for a while, y'all. So spoilers for anybody. Let's just let's just get this out of the way, cause I gotta gush about this. This shit was good. And if you don't want to hear about this, just skip ahead in the podcast. Find your spot where we talking about either the games this week or the news, because it's some good news I gotta talk about too. But first and foremost, man, hold up. Let me go get a bottle of water because I'm going to be doing some jaw jacking, bro. Hold on one second. Now, let's get into it. First things first, I got to tell you that Doctor Strange episode was amazing. Something so small but still sending down the same path. It makes a lot of sense and I like this What If series because if anybody was confused about Marvel's um, time travel continuity and alternate worlds um, you know, um, concept that they were going for, this series would help you a lot because it would key you into um, exactly just to say Doctor Strange for an example, even if he did not break his hands, he still had a reason to seek out mystic arts in order to find out what he could do or, or, or basically in the end of the, in order to become dr strange and this time instead of it being his hands the catalyst that led him down that road was the loss of his loved one now this was interesting as well because dr strange was not always there, there were reasons why he made the choices that he made to become the sorcerer supreme and he could have easily became evil you know an evil villain but there were things that happened in his backstory that made him a hero meaning he makes the right choices and he does the right things and cares about humanity above all now the best thing about all of this though the best thing let me tell you what it is so number one what i love the most about him is that dr strange's story shows that it's not outright it shows not only you know the best storytelling for the making of a villain but also the best storytelling of the making of a hero and it wasn't afraid to show you that what can cause you to go down either road can be the very same thing you know the loss of a loved one depending on how you choose to take these experiences and how you choose to look at the things around you in your world is what makes you into what you are so if you were to say the loss of you know this or that and you fall into despair and can't let go or move forward can these negative you know reactions to it will cause a negative effect on you whereas a positive reaction is to be appreciative of the time you spent knowing that she's great and she will always be remembered etc 
those are the things that would really help you because you can't live in the past and know those positive thoughts would actually have a positive effect upon you and you would be able to help others that would go through the same pain you know it's a humbling thing to realize that things in life just happen to us because we're just people going around in this world at random times random things happen and that's what made Stephen strange Stephen strange which entail became Doctor Strange. Now, in this one, he lost his loved one and there was an alternate timeline where he could not bring her back. Did everything he could, he became a Sorcerer Supreme so that he can bring her back and did everything that he could with the Agamotto, which was also the Time Stone uh, at his core. And he would just go back and keep reliving the moment of her death over and over and over. And not only did this make him worse because he was closer to being with her and experiencing her again to where it still it, it, it made the wound fresh in his mind and in his heart. But also he had to suffer in seeing her being lost over and over again to the point where he felt entitled to having her existence. You know, he felt entitled to the fact that, okay, the universe has taken her from me this many times and I already dared to take her from me once. I feel like I deserve to do whatever it takes to bring her back one time, you know? And when he finally succeeded, he realized that he ruined everything, every, every, everything. Because it's simple. It's, it's If you go back and you were to say, go back in the past and remove that one time that you went to jail for something that you did but you come to find out that if you didn't get arrested and locked up and you didn't serve those two years then you would have been more reckless because you were never punished for your actions and turns out that you killed a person or a person killed you or etc or it caused someone else to die imagine if peter parker go in the past and stop someone from killing uncle ben then that would have caused even more problems and more hurt in the future and probably wouldn't have created spider-man in the first place he probably wouldn't have become a hero because uncle ben's death is what made him want to be a hero you know it's it's these little things that are so paramount and all of it you know basically the flash's backstory with flashpoint and uh, Flashpoint Paradox the anime series, and we will never make reference to the TV show on this channel because booty butt cheeks is made for is made for splitting and shitting, not for watching. Now, oh well, it depends if twerking, but you, you you get what I was saying with that metaphor. Anyway, going on, yeah. So I just, I, it's so well done. It's just so well done, and I really appreciate that they explored it with that episode alone. Now. Right after that episode, there was another, I won't tell you the conclusion to that, but it, it was it was very, very amazing. He went down and kept uh, slipping into depravity and started absorbing demons to get more and more powerful. And up until he just absorbed the Cthulhu monster itself. So, yeah, just go ahead and check this shit out because it's amazing. And you really do want to see how it turns out because it's, well, amazing. Now... The next episode that blew my fucking mind, all right, was what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark from the warhead going off in front of him, which was the catalyst that made him into Iron Man? What if Killmonger was Tony's savior and he planned it all and infiltrated Tony Stark's friendship to the point where he was willing to use vibranium to build an army of killer robots that was supposed to replace human human soldiers 
but he used these robots in order to start an attack on Wakanda which was uh, also another faux pas he faked an attack on Wakanda after he introduced himself as the killer of Claw Ulysses Claw so now that he's won the adoration and ally uh, and what, what's, what's the word I'm looking for and allied himself with Wakanda and they've accepted him in as the new nephew even though he's killed T'Challa himself with his bare with his own two hands well not his own two hands but you know he himself uh, Killmonger killed T'Challa as Black Panther um, earlier while T'Challa was over in America so while he was decorated for all of these things that he's done and he's crippled Wakanda he infiltrated Wakanda and became the new Black Panther and in doing so made staged an entire war against these robots so he told them that you know stark and his robots are coming and america's gonna attack wakanda let's fight back and he was the one orchestrating the whole attack so he's out there destroying robots with the dormilaje and the rest of the soldiers and and even his you know his auntie hey auntie angela bassett ngb baby in animated form out there going ham and tearing him up it was so clean he was so fucking conniving and evil with it all but it was so fucking clean nigga. This shit was so dope i couldn't contain myself i was up in here hollering hollering bro i'm telling you bro step pops uh, came in he was like babe what you holiday you will be watching them that marvel with it i was like hell yeah so i told you that shit was clean so that's it clean nigga. but anyway let me calm down but it was so fucking good and well animated and you could tell that it was a tribute to Chadwick Bosman because they said she looked right into the camera it was a close-up shot you know a neck up frame where she just said with a tear rolling down her face for T'Challa at the top of her voice and she yelled it to the rest of the soldiers and they all stopped in the middle of battle and raised their spears to the skies for T'Challa that shit was so fucking sick I can't get enough of it, bro. It's got me feeling, oh, yeah. it made me feel powerful just watching that shit. So anyway, yeah, beyond that, man, this What If series is the best thing that ever happened to me in a good while. One of the best things that ever happened, okay? Now, beyond the What Ifs, um, the episode after that was uh, basically the Marvel Zombies episode, I believe. And that was when, no, I think the Zombies episode was before that, but... Um, this was an alternate universe where the Hulk uh, came back from um, Asgard at the end of, uh, you know, from Thor Ragnarok. And if you recall in the movies, he crashed into, uh, what was it called? The Sanctum Sanctorium or something like that? Uh, the, the, the place where Doctor Strange chill at nowadays, where he lives. And But although he slammed in there, there was nobody there. And it was all empty and there was nobody in the streets. It was just... Decrepit, old, and you know, shit like that. But then the um, you had Thanos's lackey show up in order to try and uh, cure the uh, stones. But here's the twist: is that once uh, you know, at that time, Hulk did not want to come out and fight, so Mark Ruffalo was kind of screwed. But what ended up happening was a portal opened by Doctor Strange and they just straight up it was the avengers and they straight up killed the both of them and he was just like oh wow i'm saved but it turned out that they kept going and going after they beat their ass and he was killing them he was like oh guys y'all going a little too far don't you think but and they were actually eating their brains so yeah 
they were done for. <laughs> and next thing you know, Tony Stark um, suited up with no helmet on, by the way. Uh, Doctor Strange and Captain America were all zombies. And he didn't know what to do about that. <laughs> it was scary as hell. I'm not going to lie. I'd be fucking terrified. Could you imagine? And, and, and this is the universe without the mutants because in the comics of marvel zombies and the reason why i love it so much is that they explored it to an extent that was interesting where what if the zombie virus just started infecting people do you know how fucking unstoppable zombie wolverine would be do you know how unstoppable zombie magneto or zombie Xavier, zombie gene gray do you know how fucking dangerous that is bro Legion was zombified, I believe, and and so many others, but the most dangerous of them all, and I'm gonna spoil the comic for y'all, The one of my favorite parts of the comic, is that imagine if Quicksilver was infected with a zombie virus, and the way they did it is that Mystique was already a zombie, and she was infected, but she used her powers, and Pietro, aka Quicksilver was running around trying to save as many people as he could because he could dodge the zombies You know, they were slow and he's way too damn fast for them But there was a moment where Scarlet Witch was in trouble and he was running was like, oh shit No, my sister I gotta go save her and he went and scooped her up real quick right before she got bit and he was like Okay, I'm so glad that you're safe and he looked away while he was holding her and running Looked back down and it was Mystique and she bit him so a zombie Quicksilver, after he turned, proceeded to zip through crowds of people and heroes. And he was biting them at record speed, infecting everybody in seconds. And once he, like they were, they throughout the comic, they would state how fast the zombie virus was spreading throughout the world and the earth. And how many people were getting more and more infected in how little time. But once Pietro was infected, Quicksilver was going ham and it said that the whole world was dominated in mere minutes. That's fucking insane. But so fucking cool. <laughs> so yeah, and, and that was and there was a moment where Spider-Man was also infected. I think no no no. I can't recall. I think it was it was it was more than one Spider-Man in that universe and the good Spider-Man that was there. Uh, ended up fighting the one person that could not be infected, which was Sandman. And there was a moment where Sandman just straight murdered Peter Parker Spider-Man. And if you want to see how that happens, you're going to have to look up the comic. And if you're not willing to read the comic or go buy the comic, then man, check out either uh, Comics Explained or the Comic Story. Me personally, I like Comics Explained and, uh, you know, become a member of the Rob Corps. But um, yeah, check this shit out. It's amazing. It's a good read, all right? And, and, and it's really, really, really good. Um, now, all that being said, the way they did it with this MCU, MCU universe is that they made the most dangerous zombie in their universe be Scarlet Witch. And the fact that the way it turned out is that um, if the vision were to keep Scarlet Witch alive, it would make a lot of sense. Or at least, you know, somewhat alive, quote unquote alive by feeding her flesh every now and then. But um, him being another one of the ones, the only one in the MC universe that can't be infected. Um, yeah, he just, it, it just all made sense. It all made so much sense. And 
it was a great story well told except for the one thing about um the wasp was like what the hell y'all gonna do about her after she become a big ass zombie but you know it, it ended up happening but anyway um even despite that if y'all listening to this shit and and you still getting spoiled i don't give a fuck you still need to watch this series because it's so much good stuff i'm gonna stop gushing about it right now because we about 20 minutes in and i don't want this to be too long but um i gotta say my favorite episodes had to be hands down the killmonger episode he dominated the united states and wakanda and there was also the Marvel Zombies episode. I loved it a lot. Uh, you also got um, just good stuff all around. And everything that results into the Doctor Strange episode was great too. I'd say those are my top three. So yeah, enjoy it. Please check it out. You're gonna love it, I swear. Um, but other than that, man, let's get in. Let me, let me go ahead and tell you what I've been playing, okay? I've been playing uh, some course party on the stream. For anybody that's been watching, it's been a great time. Uh, we hit our goal for Resident Evil 4, as I told y'all last week. So, coming this Tuesday, we will be starting Resident Evil 4. It's going to be a good time. Um, we'll go ahead and get that out of the way. Because um, it was a goal that we reached in subs. Shout out to the donors. Uh, I want to really thank Witchbish and Fat Rabbit once again. Um, I can't find you, Wish Bish. If uh, you're doing all right, I hope that you're all right. Uh, I've been trying to find your Twitch. You've been a bit MIA, and I hope everything's all right. And can't wait to see you again. But I want to tell you again that I thank you, and I really do appreciate it. And hopefully, um, things are well for you. Now, also, I want to thank the others who have supported Big Tall, etc. You know, the rest of you all who had, uh, does your does your part. Um, Soul, shout out to Soul, Midnight, uh, Sketchy, Dreamy, all of you, all of you, anybody else, you know who you are, okay, and I appreciate you, even if you're just there, you know, you're actually there, and you speak in the chat, and you say hi, I appreciate you, alright, and it's the best, okay, um, aside from that, um, I guess I'll say this here so it can be said, because I tried to handle it in private, but I guess it wasn't received well, but um, I, I I do not shy away from discussing topics of, of political topics on my channel. We talk about it all the time. Y'all know this. We will talk about these things that that are that seem controversial. But we are going to be the example to show what it's like to have a mature discussion about it. You know what I mean? And not let it devolve into some internet shouting match and bullshit because that's not necessary ever and there's always it's always better to show a better example rather than talk about or just be a part of the of the problem and perpetuate the same bad examples so yeah with all that being said though we cannot we cannot have you jump into the chat and just talk about like um some people who used to kill jews just just like blatantly talking about uh, uh, calling a certain faction some fucks and this that and the third we we can't just have these simplistic ass statements that does not explain enough you you these things that can easily be misinterpreted and leave too much up to interpretation and supposition we we cannot do that because context is everything context is key and i can't have someone just jump into the chat and have the wrong first impression of what we do around there because you feel like spouting some hate 
because it don't matter if the people are wrong. It don't matter. I don't care if you're even talking about Hitler himself or even uh, Christopher Columbus and, and etc. We can't just let our discussion be devolved down to hate, all right? Or just be, you know, all passion and no thought process, all right? We have to have a civil discussion about it and talk about it thoroughly because ain't nobody gonna disagree that Hitler may be a bad person or a piece of shit. Like, nobody's gonna disagree on that. But any person with two brain cells to rub together can just sit there and say, oh, these people back in the days who were crusading under this belief and killing people under this belief were fucking dumb or, you know, evil motherfuckers. This and yeah, anybody with two brain cells can rub together and say that, okay? A, a young child at the ripe age of two can tell that a person killing people for a certain cause that everybody don't believe in is stupid, okay? Anybody can say that. But do you have the intelligence and the wherewithal that you boast to say more than that? Do you have the intelligence to explain or discuss the why behind these actions and why was humanity able to be coerced into these beliefs? Why is it still happening today on a smaller scale when it comes to cult-like behavior of worshiping celebrities? Why can't you take that thought a step further? And that's the type of mentality that I want to cultivate around in my community. I do not have a tolerance for those who perpetuate a false sense of intelligence just to give some some weak delusions of grandeur for their own self-validation that does not work around here and that's the biggest sign of low intelligence and we will not have that shit period that being said if i keep my community in check about that then hopefully they can keep me in check about it in a respectful manner and then we can build a great community based off of that and that's the bottom line so that way no topic is off discussion whether we're talking about straight up degeneracy or we're talking about straight up pornography or politics we just talk about gender politics or things like that without making it a tribal degressive discussion we need to know how to do better because it starts with our thoughts and then our words and everything else comes after that's plain and simple okay that's the whole purpose of the the saying that i say at the end of every podcast episode and stream intentions are the most important what your intentions are in the thought the thoughts in your mind when these actions were birthed from what you were thinking intentions are the most important and after that action because they're nothing but loud they're louder than your thoughts and people can say actions speak louder than words, but words don't mean a damn thing. This is what it's all about here at Slim Cognito Entertainment. And if you like that, then cool. I applaud you and I really do respect you. Come on in. There's room for more. All right. And if you disagree, holy shit, there is a plethora of other places that you can go on the Internet that can echo chamber your bad takes because safe to say is there was a line that Killmonger said that was very powerful in what if where he said to Tony Stark he said the difference between you and me when Tony Stark was trying to relate to him said two people grew up without a father figure who had to be self-made men I thought we were the same you and I and he had to tell him he said the difference between you and me is that you can't see the difference between you and me and the whole thing is we have to walk around with this skin tone that makes us minorities that makes that gives people prejudice 
and have all types of reason to marginalize. Therefore, in my chats and communities, we will support the LGBTQ. We will support those who are marginalized. It doesn't matter if you are Mexican, Spanish, immigrants, Haitian, first generation, whatever, Asians, all of them are welcome. And these are people and you have to get over that shit or else you will be rolled over and become the workhorses that will usher in the new era for us and our children who will think better and greater than you because you're stuck on a fucking skin color or a political stance or a goddamn tax bracket to represent who you are. So fuck all that. I'm glad we got it out of the way. Whew. Now. What I've been playing this week though, uh, we got some course party out of the way and it's been great. Um, I've been suffering through it because my sleep schedule has been trash. I ain't gonna lie to you. My sleep my sleep schedule has been rough. And I think I'm, I'm not gonna truncate this episode. I think I'm gonna keep it raw. I don't know, I can't decide. But um, here's the thing. I've been playing, I finally got back into Psychonauts again. Um, on the side, but I'll get to that because Corpse Party, uh, playing it again, I relearned a lot of things. And one of the things I relearned was that that game was very well made and better than it should be. And I forgot how much I yearned for this type of gameplay design um, in terms of like story and branching paths. That game has so many different endings that can be like that can be canonical, whereas you would make a decision and it would kill one of your characters and it'll tell you that's wrong ending or wrong end but you found it out of maybe four others you know that you could find in that chapter that could be a bad ending and it's pretty dope because corpse party also gives you extra chapters based off of those bad endings and that's super cool and not only that, the, the another thing that they twisted with is that the only ending that will progress you to the next chapter of the game is your your so-called quote-unquote best ending, but it would end in the worst way possible. Someone would die right in front of you, or you'd be stuck in a situation that's worse than where you could ever fathom when you started. And it would say, okay, congratulations, you found the ending, but it doesn't say wrong in or right in or good or bad it just says ending and yeah and even the very canon ending of the game is technically a bad ending so it's a lot and it's dope and i really do highly recommend anybody who enjoys a light you know it's not really a, a visual novel but uh, a light um, action you know, i don't even say action excuse me i didn't mean to say that i've been saying adventure game a light adventure game top down you know pixel art and great illustrated um, character portraits, good art, etc. Amazing music. The sound design is phenomenal. It'll have you uncomfortable and on the edge of your seat every single time. It will fuck you up. So enjoy it. Grab yourself a guide because it can get a little cryptic and it has some puzzles and some and some you know some things that it expects you to solve. But just sit down with a with a good spoiler free guide. You can find it over on Game Facts. There is a spoiler free guide. I had to get one because there was one moment I have to give them shit for this. But there was one moment where you had to go all the way into a room that you've never explored, and there's something in there that you have to interact with that makes no sense for it to be there, and but it's just there for some reason in order to progress. But have at it. Enjoy it. You're gonna have a great time regardless. 
Corpse Party, it's great. If you like stuff like what I've been hearing about Doki Doki Literature Club, if you like stuff like that, you're gonna love Corpse Party. It's even worse, and the descriptive writing is so good in the way they describe how, you know, um, bodily fluids tend to behave on a dead body, or, you know, how um, slowly murdering someone would take place is described to the utmost detail, and it's just a good time. All around spooks, all around. But anyway, um, yeah, at the corpse party, um, on during my off time when I finally found a little rest and whatnot, I took some time to on on the one day that we did not stream this past week, uh, I took a day off uh, due to some uh, pain that I was having, and um, I actually got back into my uh, Psychonauts, and Psychonauts was pretty good. I can't believe how great it was actually. Um, I'm re I haven't played this game since like years ago and I am enjoying myself and I can't wait to dive into Psychonauts 2 afterward. You know, I just wanted to replay it first. And I just finished Lungs Lungfishopolis. Lung Lungfishopolis, I think it's called. And um, then I did Boyd's uh, mind which is the uh the neighborhood uh the milkman's neighborhood and got that done so yeah i feel like it's gonna be great i don't know what else to say about that so without further ado let's get into the news first thing on the docket over on gamesradar.com you can boost your far cry 6 frame rate by disabling ubisoft connect now, obviously, this is for the PC players of the game. And um, also keep in mind, uh, it's also been noted that Xbox One has frame drops and performance issues while if you're playing on your controller wirelessly, your performance will drop. So find yourself a good old USB cable that's long enough and uh, connect it up because the Bluetooth will hurt your performance, actually. And it's it's kind of... It's kind of sad, but hilarious. I don't know what type of shit that's causing them. Maybe it's like, you know, maybe it's routing a certain amount of voltage to its um, Bluetooth chipset in order to make it run, which is probably starving the graphics cards. Or, you know, I don't know the graphic uh, chips, graphic card chips uh, on the board, but who knows what's happening inside the Xbox. I ain't no you know, expert in Xbox's hardware, but this is my supposition of what may be going on. But uh, that sounds booty butt cheeks. But in this situation, it's just as much booty butt cheeks. Uh, Far Cry 6 uh, player over on Reddit, this is one of those types of articles where somebody on Reddit found something amazing and it was worth writing about. And basically this Reddit user found out that uh, he can make his frame rate way more stable. Said um, he went from getting low just below 60 frames per second with dips down to at most 48 and now he has 70 ish with dips down to about below 60 and the way he did this was by turning off ubisoft connect and there's a bit of a process to doing so but um the long and short of this whole article is just that the fact that ubisoft connect has some type of I guess monitoring software in effect and or it's using too many resources performance wise and it's impacting the game so it's probably pretty bad to have run in the background and to be honest with you this is very believable because I remember me testing out Riders Republic I think it was called or something like that and there was a beta for it and the only way to get the beta was through Ubisoft Connect and I was having some issues running the game like it would load fine 
and it would render just fine and everything seemed to be good but it wasn't maxing out my hardware at all so i had to look into it to see what was going on but i couldn't find a solution and uh i think this might be what it is i think ubisoft connect might be doing some maybe some type of uh you know proprietary uh, anti-piracy measures or something who knows but yeah shit sucks next thing on the docket pcgamer.com star wars the old republic is testing a combat style revamp now of course you heard about this uh new remaster of a swotor that's coming and i think it's gonna be interesting even though i've never played the game they're looking to say replace the old system of advanced classes and we'll just have to see what they mean by that because it could be better or it could be worse and honestly i hope they just make it a choice because let's be honest the older fans of the Bioware's uh, rendition, you know, original rendition are really going to be starving for that experience alone. And they know that whole system inside out. So they probably want to break the game as soon as possible and go the route they want to go or play it the way they used to play it, etc. But anyway, um, it's going to it look like it's, you know, it looked interesting to me. That's the only reason I reported on it. I can't really tell you much more because I haven't played the game, but I find this type of thing interesting and I have plans to play it. To make these classes feel less encumbered, the customization more concise, says the blog post. We are working to reduce the quantity of abilities, but ensuring that these classes remain distinct and unique. Whatever that means, I can't tell you, but we're all going to have to find out together. And next thing on the docket, same site, PC Gamer, um, Retro Game Engine, ScumVM turns 20 years old and gets an update. Now, for those that don't know what ScumVM is, it is a virtual machine that emulates older versions of Windows or at least a small portion of DOS, MS-DOS, in order for you to run these older games on modern hardware. Now, this is very important for the preservation of older PC games because if there was a time where I had a floppy disk with Oregon Trail on it, and we had a Windows XP machine, and, I, and even though the tower itself had a floppy disk installed into the tower, it could not run the game properly, despite what I did. And every time I tried, and finally did get it working in my young days, um, it would run at like five times the speed and would not, you know, do what it should. So it was clear that it just couldn't do it back then my only conclusion was it, it was too old of a game which would be a correct supposition to make but um now my more you know my more i guess you say, i guess you could say more educated i'd say more well-informed uh supposition is my hypothesis is that the clock speed of the processor is way higher now and it was coded for the limitations of the hardware at the time so the processor can handle it but it's handling it way too well and that's likely what the issue was um but yeah and now scum vm is used in order to emulate and play these older point and click games that cannot run despite your compatibility settings which is the whole purpose of the gog.com movement that is trying to preserve classic games by just making them installable executable now one of the things that um, I've had to use Scum for was to be able to play these classic games that were not purchasable, nor could they run on modern, you know, Windows. And the thing that they've done now is they've updated it 
for the first time in a long time and it has hit its 20th 20 year old birthmark it was uh first conceived in 2001 october 9th and it was updated to include more recent 2.5d graphical games such as Grim Fandango, The Longest Journey, Mist 3, Exile, and etc. So yeah, Little Big Adventure, The Journeyman, Project 2, Buried in Time, Private Eye, and Crusader No Remorse. So yeah, all of these are, it's, it's big news for people who enjoy PC gaming from back then. And I really, really like this. And that's why you're hearing me talk about it now. But anyway, congrats to them. And we're glad to hear and see it happen. There's also been a UI update as mentioned in the article and can't wait because I've always hated the UI uh, because it was too reminiscent of old as UIs from back in the day that were not very user friendly or intuitive but if you knew how to navigate it back then and were good at reading and you know common English uh, I can't really make many more ex excuses for y'all but the most I can <laughs> the most I can say is it wasn't that user friendly honestly especially compared to the modern day you know uh, interfaces being exactly what it should be and doing just that you know and there's always room for that anyway next thing on the docket over at nintendolife.com nintendo switch exclusive metroid dread is already being emulated on pc um, honestly i want to take this off of the docket and i think i will because i do not want to support any um any site that is making news is so desperate for clicks that it's making the block hot for emulation when we're already running into problems okay when it comes to emulation the whole purpose was the preservation of games because after so long companies will let them die out or they'll try to re-revive it in order to make you overpay for a classic rom which is like less than four megabytes but you've paid like like 40 bucks and we don't want that to happen and the main reason that that has not happened is because emulation exists and right now nintendo is one of the biggest villains in the emulation scene and the fact that these idiots would sit here and advertise to say that they're re reporting news for nintendo about nintendo even though they may not be affiliated they're unofficial but the fact that you would report that one of their flagship main titles, AAA titles, is emulatable on PC, the fact that you would report that is the dumbest shit ever. And now you're bringing unwanted attention to the emulation crowd. And you doing that is rocking the boat in ways that no one ever asked for. And you should just shut the fuck up. Up. Nintendo Life, Kotaku, and everyone else that has made a fucking article about it. IGN, I think IGN or GameSpot, which, whichever one of you, all of them are trash and they're desperate for clicks and should have never done this shit. But fuck them. And I'm not going to read the rest of the article. It's not going to be linked in the docket. I don't care. I just needed to talk about this because it's bullshit that they would actually report that. That's like literally, that's like, what if somebody got on the news and said, Tay Tay just started. Uh, just got his second brick ever and he re-upped just fine and now he's trying to serve at the corner of McDonald's and the hair supply store. Like, the fuck? Why would you do that, bro? Shut the fuck up. Anyway, over on GameSpot.com. Hold on, let me get a sip of water. Over on GameSpot.com, Bloodborne producer joins Team Ninja isn't making Neho game. So, yeah. 
Masaki Yamagiwa left Sony and has joined Team Ninja. For those that don't know, Team Ninja is also the same company that gave us the rebooted but and well-loved Ninja Gaiden series, as well as Neo, the Souls-like um, series, and many others, so to speak. I think um, one of them being Dead or Alive, and much more titles. And I, I feel like this right here is alluding to some things that um, is kind of mind-blowing because they say that um, they may be working on some type of sequel or spiritual successor to Bloodborne. While, you know, um, FromSoft no longer... I don't think FromSoft directly owns the rights to Bloodborne. So I think that's the problem. And that's why we haven't had Bloodborne on PC. But um, if this does come, if the rumors are true and it does come to be a, a Bloodborne successor, then hooey boy, that's going to be interesting. But it would be nice if they could get someone that will be able to help them port Bloodborne to PC because y'all fucking it and I want to play it in a glorious, good frame rate. Now, next thing on the docket, because there's not much else to say there, because... Everything else would have to be speculation and supposition, but um, over on the sixaxis.com, which is a, a site that I'm not too familiar with, but we'll start checking in on their stuff now. Elden Ring is wrapping development, new gameplay details emerge. And basically, let's just get it out of there. Um, basically, it's open world. They're gonna have the stealth segments akin to a Sekiro, which I have not touched yet, but will eventually. And they also mentioned that they want players to feel a sense of accomplishment and one of the ways to achieve this is to set a high difficulty level one of the ways to achieve this is to set the difficulty to a high level so there is definite a sense of accomplishment in this game and i can't wait that means it's gonna be fucking hard i can't wait now they also said that they've uh, put more emphasis on melee combat and they've also had ranged and magic spells Stealth mechanics into you know intertwined, etc. And apparently it's supposed to be hitting January 21st. So let's assume that when they say wrapping, meaning they're finalizing bug fixes and testing, and they're getting ready to ship, and it's in a good a good state. So we almost there, y'all. Elden Ring. Oh Elden Ring. Anyway. Over on ArsTechno.com, Windows 11 bug could reduce Ryzen CPU performance by up to 15%, AMD says. And to uh, cut to the chase, the issues are as, as identified is that the AMD has in identified increased L3 cache latency up to three times, affecting apps that rely on fast memory performance. And for those of you that already know, AMD CPUs always have some type of issue or running with certain memory timings and you and they have to be somewhat specific and you know the it amd's processes are heavily dependent on ram speed ram you know uh transfer speed being somewhat high so yeah with that being said it would affect in windows 11 it affects your apps making them slower by three to five percent and games which are commonly used for esports uh would also see some of these effects but also way worse to like 10 to 15 percent of performance loss 
mostly given to the fact that games need uh, a lot of performance out of the RAM. The RAM must, uh, you know, be one of the more key things that um, is the driving force behind gaming because there's always loaded and unloaded RAM when you're in loading screens and shaders and etc have to be done you know and or converting shaders depending on what you're doing you know emulation etc so yeah ram plays a huge part in amd processes and games in general so yeah um amd says that a windows update will fix this issue later this month so as long as you're checking for and installing windows updates regularly you won't need to do anything special to resolve the problem the second bug is related to an AMD processor feature that tries to use the fastest individual CPU cores when running lightly threaded tasks rather than treating all cores the same. AMD doesn't put a number on this one, but says the problem may be more detectable in processes with eight or more cores and a 65 watt or higher TDP. Now, this would include the 2000, 3000, 4000, and 5000 series of Ryzen 7 and 7, Ryzen 9 desktop CPUs and APUs. And uh, a software update, not a Windows update, will be released to fix the problem later on in October. And what they're saying is by software update, they mean a BIOS update. Meaning you will need to, they're going to have to roll out an update for your mobile chipset in order for it to communicate properly with your CPUs and to circumnavigate this problem. So yeah, AMD is basically um, just gonna say that they're gonna get on it and fix this problem. But uh, yeah, it's a Windows 11 issue. Um, I'm not too jazzed about Windows 11. I've been doing my research as best as I can, when I can. And as far as I've seen, it just looks like they wanna be Apple so damn bad and they're trying to mimic the uh, Mac OS. And I don't like it. I don't like the rounded edges. I hate it. I don't like the whole taskbar and everything in the middle of the bottom. Like I don't, I don't like it. It's primarily designed in mind for touch screens, and I don't want that. I don't like it. I've I've just been acclimated to Windows 10 because they finally fixed a lot of shit that they ruined from 8 on up, and it's been a disaster in some points but it's been pretty good so far after doing all the things i've done and it's taken a lot of edits the only reason that i don't have any more graphical issues is because of the fact that i installed my graphics driver without any of the extra fluff no geforce experience no none of that all i needed was the graphic drivers themselves and the control panel and i've had no problems out of games since and this is third-party software that had free open source third-party software in order to do so. So what I'm getting at is there's a lot of things that are unnecessary that are causing these bugs that, that are forcing in that has so much telemetry, etc. and background gunk, these bloatware. But um, if you're the, for those that are less savvy, they should not have to deal with this. But hey, it, it is what it is, you know. But anyway, next thing over on GameSpot.com. Let's hurry up because my throat is tired and my jaw is exhausted. And everything I just said was lewd, and I liked it. Now, GameSpot.com, GamesDev, explains why animation and multiplayer games is so challenging. And um, this is a great full discussion by Dan Lowe. Uh, you can read the tweets yourself. But to give you a bit um, of a tidbit is that I'm going to put it into my own words and, and summarize. But basically, animations in online games will be worse because if you're offline, you can tether the walk animation and everything that the characters will do to the physics engine and their positioning on the map and where they are etc like their positions you know in the game itself where they have designed 
but you can't directly tether it to that in an online game because at any time there may be lag spikes there may be packet drops and in order to make the situation a little more seamless rather than having a ridiculous amount of rubber banding going on or just even uglier you know feats they would rather tune your walk cycle based on the amount of time that you've been walking or how fast meaning if you've been moving forward for half a second then they will guarantee that the animation will show a slow a slow you know walk that builds into a brisk jog and then into a run but you know only the first half second of that process you know and it would be it would be more tethered to the amount of time that you're running or the amount of time that you press a certain button or did an action rather than you did the action and everything else will have to react along with it this keeps the game from breaking literally and gives it a more seamless experience although it looks janky and that's the best way that i can summarize it but uh, if you want to know the details he will give it to you in all the tweets go ahead and read them all and it's a good read and it's always great to uh you know expand on what you do know about your hobby you know it's always great all right next on pushsquare.com twitch confirms data breach after hacker leaks source code streaming payouts and more okay um this was a uh, news that went around everywhere and as soon as i got the news i spread it to as many people as i could who were twitch streamers to make sure that they were protected twitch has re reset everybody's um stream key so now everyone should be good to go um hopefully that they reset their stream key properly so they won't still have these issues and um yeah but uh basically someone has gotten into the source so some of the source code been leaked and they have a reveal of all the top earners on twitch xqc is making a ridiculous amount of money off of twitch's revenue and reports alone being the amount that was um after they've taken their cut from all subs and bits and etc the guy was pulling in based on what it was saying like 700k a month or at least in that period in that pay period and now now the guy was pulling in let me see i can't do the exact math because whatever was written on these here's the thing i'm gonna get out of the way and then we're gonna move on there's a complete list. You can just search it on Twitter if you want to find the complete list. But the complete list of every single one of those, um, you can just put in Twitch leaks and it'll pop up on Twitter. But basically, it was posted there and tweeted, said that the, these top streamers make this much in this pay period based on Twitch's service. But the thing is, this is only what Twitch has to do with. This does not factor in the amount of money that they're making on merch. The amount of money that they're making through either donations or side donations that they may be doing they're not talking about the amount that they're making off of their youtube revenue when they re-upload their vods it's all crazy just imagine so yeah that's what's the craziest thing is and uh i highly recommend that y'all uh, take a look at that these people are million if not almost billionaires so i ain't gonna hate you feel me but all I can say is, now that this this is out, just don't be fooled, man. And I was actually surprised that one of the Apex players was up there, which is fucking Imperial How. And everybody knows that How is one of the biggest ones. I think somebody gave this guy like 100 gifted subs just for deep throwing his microphone. But anyway, um, adorable little twinks aside, it's, uh, it's, it's something that doesn't really surprise me because I knew they were making a ridiculous amount. 
but the the part that's really troubling is that there's other people's information that's been leaked and that's dangerous and i'm afraid for it and i hope that nothing bad happens or nothing bad comes from it now next thing on the docket and lastly nintendo life once again reporting that three kingdom hearts games are coming to the switch but they're all cloud versions and the three is basically the 2.5 plus uh, the three the 1.5 plus 2.5 hd kingdom heart remixes plus the 2.8 real um prologue and kingdom hearts 3 and all three of these games will be coming in the cloud version to the switch and i say a patooie to that that's disgusting and if it works well cool but if it don't then i find this to be problematic cloud gaming ain't it and it won't be and they need to stop anyway another thing the last thing i'll say is that it should have been very easy to port these games to the switch it's a lower resolution and this stuff has been optimized to run on these hd versions were optimized to run on the ps3 so i don't think there's any reason why it could not function on the switch like period the only one that's debatable is kingdom hearts 3 and even then if you couldn't then don't bother because this is like a slap in the face but anywho that's everything that i got for y'all this week don't forget to go ahead and check out the twitch over at slim cognito entertainment and don't forget my twitter at slim cognito mode and always remember the channel motto intentions are the most important actually ain't nothing but of words don't mean a damn thing I am here doing what I can do on my best. I may make my mistakes. And if there's anything y'all want to discuss, just hit me up. I am available to talk to whether you just pop into the stream or whether you see me in Discord. We have the Discord link in the description now. So you can go ahead and hit that up. You can DM me if you need be. Just don't be doing it. Don't be on no creep shit or be bothering me or nagging or no shit like that. So anyway, y'all take care and peace.